Kevin Hale here. It is late night screens on this Monday night, October 30th, 2023, Halloween Eve. I got to bring her on. I can't wait. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for inviting me on tonight. It's just like you said, it's like riding the bike, but I still get the jitters. So I'm excited. It's been a while since you've really been on that side of the mic, Mm -hmm. you know, with a guest looking at me. Yeah. Yeah, not not that I'm intimidating or anything, but it's always good to make your acquaintance, you know, for people who have followed Universal Secrets. You know, there is buzz about, I don't know, what is this? Universal Secrets 3.0 or something (laughs) like that. Stay tuned. Things are falling in place. But in the interim, because I do have this enthusiasm for the paranormal. Whether I believe it or I just shake my head at the nonsense, because there's plenty of nonsense. Now, Ryan Edwards, who is the host with me on this, you know, this was his show and a spot opened up and, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll come on. And so I was kind of content being the second guy in producing. But tonight I get to, in Ryan's absence, bring you on, Tiffany. And tonight's topic for uh, for our audience is best horror flicks for the Halloween season. Are you a Halloween girl? You know, I, I love horror. Um, I, I typically have something paranormal on TV at all times. Um, and the stack of books beside my bed is 20 books high of some form of psychological or, or, or horror book. So um, it's always my go to. I uh, cannot say that I have anyone in particular that is um, going to be on my TV at any given time. I like a lot of different kinds. So it's going to be good to get into a few of them. Um, And I know that you also have another guest on tonight because I'm sort of the co-host tonight, right? You're you're sort of, but, you know, I'm okay with you just, you know. Uh, you two just running wild with um, your your takes, and uh, but when I reached out to you mm-hmm. to do tonight's uh, tonight's show, let me oh, I gotta give a quick shout out. I'm bad at this, so we're streaming live on the Art Radio YouTube platform. Thanks, Ron. And uh, tonight in the chat, a lot of familiar names for you, Tip, Ufi, Marco, Maria, Charles. They've already been asking about uh, Bobby. They've already been asking about the red lips. Where's the red lips? Hashtag red lips, red lips, red lips. What about my lip? Well, you know, I mean, it's been a few years. Do I have to always wear the red? Oh, that's your trademark. Uh, is, and you wear it well, so yeah, I say that with yeah. respect. Well, let's let's get it going. Without further ado, our man Chris. Chris I, you know, I'm a, you get to really introduce him because Tiffany, when I said you're doing the show, the topic is horror flicks. I need a horror guy, and he was a, this guest was the first person I asked you to reach out to, and it's a reminder who says no to Tiffany, right? I, I don't even want to go there. I get said no to a lot, but typically it's it's by uh, you know the man upstairs. He tells me no all the time, but. <laughs> One level upstairs, not like in heaven upstairs. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he probably tells me no also. <laughs> but Christopher Garitano is the first person that we thought about when we heard the the idea of horror. And, of course, you can't say no to um, a man who loves the screams and the blood and the gore along with the, the you know, the uh, the storylines that, that have captured our hearts and souls and, and fear for, you know, 50 years, some of them, some of them even more. I mean, you've got some some books and movies that you've talked about that were just from, you know, your childhood that were already 
20 years old. So I'd say we have a good solid 60 years of movies that we could probably pull up. And Christopher Garitano is going to have at least 75 good ones out of the the 50 that we really want to do. <laughs> so as long as we can get it in in 90 minutes, we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me tonight. I really appreciate it. Chris, yeah, always uh, good to see you and hang out with you. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah. You know, horror films uh, are really special. Obviously, they're celebrated all around the world and they're synonymous with Halloween, the holiday. And I was saying before we came on that uh, this really is the the apex so far of Halloween being popular around the world because it wasn't for the most part for a very long time. And I think it was horror films that honestly did that. Everything, well, horror films and Halloween specials, cartoons, um, you know, that that resonated with children and the children around the world saw it. But a movie like John Carpenter's Halloween, let's say, made in 1978, okay? Well, released in 1978. Yeah. Um, named after the holiday. The holiday is a theme. It's an underlying theme in, in the movie, but it's really about a masked killer that kills people on Halloween night. However, the popularity of that movie has sit, you know, hit such a height over the years around the world that I think that kind of brought the consciousness of Halloween into the minds of people around the world. And there were different versions of Halloween celebrated since the one 2000 years ago that people think that's how old it is. It might even be older. It might be, you know, date back to the Neolithic era, like, believe it or not. And many of the traditions have been carried on until now. But I think the thing that's really making Halloween popular around the world is pop culture, is uh, horror films, is all of, all of the things that uh, ghost stories, all of that is now available around the world. So there are people around the world celebrating Halloween that never did before. And not only do they celebrate Halloween, but a lot of them celebrate Carnival and they get all sure. dressed up. And so there's a lot of uh, a mixture of religion and, and this pop culture that has become synonymous with costumes. And, sure. and being able to like recreate whoever you want to be in this one little day or one little, um, I guess, maybe week even, because some people have multiple parties that they end up going to and being able to share that with their homemade costumes has, has been really something that um, has blown up over the years. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's how it evolved. But, you know, even way back, the very early tradition uh, focused on essentially, you know, way back to the Druids and the Celts that this holiday and this time of year was the end of summer. And it was time to bring in the last of the harvest. It was the time to slaughter a few animals. There were a few people being sacrificed and uh, drink, party and wear costumes because those particular costumes at that time is that the veil was so thin that it that may have been a doorway to this other world, not only the spirits of the dead, but uh, ghosts and goblins and all sorts of weird stuff might have come through. And that's why they dressed that way. And we still do that. That's the tradition of the Halloween costume. But it has evolved into what Tiffany was just saying. So I, I celebrate that evolution. I think it's just going to continue to. And it's such a fantastic time of year. Much more, to me, much more interesting than New Year's Eve. This was the new year to them, you know, right. and to me, it kind of is, too. You know, it mm -hmm. really is my new year mm -hmm. and many Let's other people. Check it. Oofy already. Yes, CG is certain. Uh, 
elaborate Goofy. yeah okay <laughs> sorry anyway yes anyway. i think that um you know even when it comes down to it we're we're you know the the purpose not only of halloween is you know it, it's in a, a sort of a part of the finality of the season but right. it's also the day before um all saints day in the christian faith which is you know it's it's actually a big part of the catholic faith so i think that it I would have to sit there and and go through a lot of religious information right now that I don't want to do but there's there's many ways to take a look at this and um you know even as my girls are getting dressed up for Halloween and things like that at school they're having to do some research and understand what All Saints Day is and understand um you know, not only like with the rebirth of Christ and things like that, that that happened at the beginning of the year, you know, we are getting prepared for the next holiday. And, and there's just a lot of um, energy that goes into this whole season. Oh, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you think is the absolute best horror film that you have ever, ever seen. Oh, my. That's a really tough one. I, because, you know, there there are several that fall into that peg, okay? Like, they're, they're, they're essentially, like, I could name 10 of the greatest that will fall into that category. Is it, is it okay if I name a few of them? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So one of them is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because it's there's something very realistic and documentary-like about it. And I believe and have believed for a very long time that it was what was truly happening on set that lent to that. And if you can fast forward to the end of that movie, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it is absolute madness. Marilyn Burns, if that movie was made today, I believe she would have won an Academy Award for that performance because you truly believe she's being tortured. You truly believe these people are crazy. I mean, like, and I don't mean movie crazy. I mean, crazy, crazy. Mm -hmm. And what lent to that was a 36, allegedly 36 hour shoot. It was well over 24 hours in reality because a lot of different people have notes on that in a farmhouse with no ventilation whatsoever. People were exhausted. They were going crazy. And there were those meats that were on the table were decaying. So there was, think about what, what the house smelled like. It was well over a hundred degrees in the house and everyone was losing their minds. Not to mention there was a, a big batch of pot brownies that unbeknownst the whole crew was eating uh, during one of the, uh, the cafeteria moments that they had before they shot. And then they had to go in exhausted with barely any sleep wow. to go and shoot this 36 hour shoot where people were screaming. Marilyn Burns was at the end of that movie screaming, losing her mind. So, you know, I, I was so obsessed with what went into something. What, what is it that's happening on the set? Because if you have this sterile environment when you're making a horror picture, I'm very rarely is there any magic. And some of the greatest, everything from Evil Dead, Night of the Living Dead, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Friday the 13th, these were all independent Halloween. They were all independent horror films, meaning the studio didn't really mess with them. They picked them up, a lot of these for distribution. But And there were some great studio pictures like The Shining, but it, Stanley Kubrick was still very much an independent filmmaker. You know, he, he did things his way. We don't know. There's conspiracies that allege how he worked that deal out. You know, he faked the moon landings and they gave him a deal to make, do whatever he wanted for the rest of his life. But those are some of them. So some of these movies would be, wow, the original um, Bride of Frankenstein by James Whale, the black and white 
Universal Monster movie. I think that's such a fantastic horror film. Um, another one would be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Another one of my favorites is Dario Argento's Suspiria, an Italian horror film from the late 70s. There was a great remake, too, also. Uh, I really I like it. the I, remake. Yeah, I love it just as much. I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many of them. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, a really fun film, punk rock, zombies, brilliant movie made in 1985. Okay. And it was a horror comedy, but it was done in a way where it wasn't stupid. It was, it was this perfect blend, the perfect beats of music, horror, special effects, great acting, believe it or not, from some amateur actors. And um, man, things that creep me out. There was one TV movie came out in the early 80s. Well, I think 1980, but it was reran uh, called Dark Night of the Scarecrow. Does anyone remember that? I've never yeah, heard that. Check that movie. one out if you get a chance. Okay. It's about a guy. He uh, is autistic and he's friends with this little girl and she's you know, they're hanging out and she goes into this yard because she likes a statue. This is how it opens. And a dog attacks her. And this guy, his name is Bubba. He tries, he saves her. But the town's guys, you know, the drunken uh, postman and his buds think that he attacked her. It wasn't a dog. So Bubba hides in a scarecrow in his mother's farm, you know, in, in the backyard, really creepy stuff. And these guys go out like a lynch mob and they kill him. And the rest of the movie is Bubba's ghost coming back and haunting these guys. Really creepy movie. I loved it as a kid. And that premiered on Halloween night also. Um, just naming a few. Creep Show, the original George Romero's Creep Show. Stephen King wrote it. Mm. Um, do you, did you see these movies? I've, I've heard and I okay. think I've seen some of that. Uh, the, yeah, go ahead. I haven't yeah. seen that one either. Yeah, some of these movies, they, they're just timeless. I, I mean, I watch them every year and, uh, you know, not just around Halloween time. But there's something about them. I think they all equally capture um, something about the human condition. Like, here's another one of my favorites is An American Werewolf in London. Did you ever see that? That, was that is one of, that's oh, one of my favorites, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, it's on my list. One of the best. And uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. All right, I threw a whole bunch at you. There's I saw so that one the other day, too. The yeah. Thing. Say Stay Jaws. Right there. Right Stay there. right there, yeah. Yeah. Jo there's The Thing and Jaws. It's funny you bring up Jaws because yeah. the two things that those movies, the one thing that those two movies have in common is that, you know, the Jaws, the thing. Dun -dun -dun. But mm -hmm. The Thing had the bass, you know, that little bass line. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was and, uh, Ennio Morricone did the... Uh, the score to that. Yeah. And John he, Carpenter threw a little bit. Yeah, he didn't did. Didn't you do the same with um, Close Encounters also? That was John Williams who did Jaws. John Williams, yeah. yeah. Okay. So with Jaws, that's that's one of the things that absolutely has terrified me throughout my life. I was a swimmer. I was a great swimmer. Um, I competed for, for years and years. And um, one of the reasons that I always claim to be so quick is because I wanted to get the hell out of the water. I was scared <laughs> of the water. So, you know, I won't go swimming in the ocean. I won't go swimming in a lake. I won't go swimming in, in a river. I don't do it. I won't go in a swimming pool that's dark. There's something that, that scared me so badly about that movie that... And, Wait, and, you won't go in a swimming pool dark? No. No. <laughs> okay. There... And, the know, answer is a, no. <laughs> there's this. Okay, so the, some of these, some of these that I named are fun, and mm -hmm. some of them are just tapping into these deep primordial fears that you know inherent fears that we have. Right. And Jaws is certainly one of them. I think the thing is one of them too. Even though it's an alien, the idea of things with claws and things that 
change and slime and all of that weird stuff really gets to us on a on a deep subconscious level and the special effects were done so well that it it freaked us out i mean that movie is probably one of the most 40, violent 40 movies i've ever years seen old yeah and it wasn't well received when it came out no it, it wasn't it came out at the summer of et where everyone loved a little alien mm-hmm. and then there's this thing with like heads exploding and tentacles flying out blood and and gross blood. violent awesome right. movie yeah do you feel like they have gone overboard when it comes to gore and um, the amount of blood in horror, film, horror films these days, Christopher? It's, it depends how it's executed, because even if you look at American Werewolf in London, it was quite a gory movie, but it was done right. And done right, in my opinion, I think these guys were, mind you, a lot of these filmmakers were coming off the heels of a time period in the world where people were getting assassinated. There was the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and people were really serious. And the, so the period of filmmaking between 1969 and throughout the 70s until kind of Star Wars came out, they were dead serious. There were dark characters like Taxi Driver and Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now and stuff like that. And um, so that lingered on into those horror films. They were still they were still serious. The actors, even though American Werewolf in London could be funny at times, mm-hmm. it wasn't dumb. And mm-hmm. I'll get to the gore part, but like, you know, there were moments where, you know, when David is in the the phone booth in the middle of London and he's ready to he calls his sister and says goodbye to her. He says he loves her. And then he this is supposed to be a horror comedy. And he puts a knife to his wrist because he wants to kill himself. That's a real moment. That balance is perfect. And when you can find a horror film that's well made, great special effects, and there's some huge true human moments, Mm -hmm. then the gore serves a purpose in the movie because now it's a great show. And they're showing this kind of tales from the crypt like talking corpses and stuff like that and the werewolves but then there's some serious gore in that movie and it works whereas i think when gore is in like a really dumb movie and things are just over the top and i can't even hang with the story for me it it doesn't really work um i don't know i think there were gorier pictures back then in my opinion or at least it was done better there there's a lot of gore today but some of the movies i just can't sit through if that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. but not not every horror movie fits into the halloween Theme. No, no. Yeah. They could be watched on Halloween. Yeah. You know, like there's this drive-in movie, Madman, from 1981, I believe. You know, fun movie. I mean, you could find it on Tubi or places like that. And uh, mm. it just started picking up its fan base like in recent years. You know, I, I remember when it came out, but it wasn't as popular as like Friday the 13th and, and Halloween and stuff like that. But now people are really celebrating it. And it's just a fun, you're going to laugh. You get there's spooky moments. It's well photographed. Mm. And it's, it's one of those movies. But can you say it's one of the greatest movies ever made? It all depends on how how stimulated are you are by it how much you really love it i mean it's really a matter of opinion one of the greatest movies ever made we were just talking about was jaws you know that's just a great movie period and seems to be universally respected but then you have these little movies that just have charm you know because of the time period they were made in and i'm not saying there aren't good movies being made now there are i mean um hereditary and midsummer made by the same guy were both disturbing horror films and you know one was very dark one was made in the light and they were both equally as disturbing i don't know if you saw either of those Mm -mm. check those out 
There, I don't know if I can. There's some things that get me so badly that I just I, I won't be able to sleep for a month. Do you have you a know? scary movie blanket, Tiffany? Um, I have a. I have. Um, no, but no. you know, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I have a dog, and she cuddles me and keeps me like I can well, squeeze her when I get scared. I guess. What What movie do you recall without really thinking about it? That true outside of Jaws that truly scares scares you still. Um, well, I had a list, so you've already done that. Um, probably. <laughs> so uh, I. This is not necessarily a Halloween movie, but it is a scary one. The Descent. Did you all ever see yeah, that? Yeah, that's really good. I like that movie. So the, I've I've described like it a few times cave, before. Like yes. Okay. So it's these five or six girls that go down and spelunking and get greeted by these hadels, these these ancient humans or human type beings that are hairless and sightless and they're just carnivorous, just predatory beasts and they just slaughter everybody and just eat. That's all they do. Um, so yes, no, that's one of the films that, that freaks me out and, and I do enjoy it. It's one of those movies that it's like, I can't turn away from and it's gory too, but the, the gore, it seems so realistic because it's a, a high possibility that if I go down into a cave, that's what's going to happen to me. <laughs> it's movies like that freak me out too. Like yeah. I, I think the descent is really well made. There's mm -hmm. others that are and and possible. You know, you never know. But because there's been reports of things like that out there. Well, you know, both yeah. of us being in this paranormal world, all the people that listen to these shows know that there are people experiencing crazy things, crazy sure. phenomena, and not just phenomenon, but entities that are um, mysterious to us because we don't get explanations as to what you are, where you come from, why are you here? We don't always get those answers. So the mystery is there and it's it's chilling. So sure. and, and that sparks something in my mind. You just said entities. Do you mm -hmm. remember the movie from 1980 with Barbara Hershey, The Entity? They saw oh, a yeah. real case. That movie's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So along with The Exorcist, we'll go there, too, yeah. because that was the phenomenal oh. film. Um, Check Kevin? this out. When when um, this was I want to say, how old was I? I can't remember. I think I was about 12. So I'm telling my age here. Um, back in that time of my life, I was like going to church all the time because Southern Baptist family. Go go to church Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. One Saturday, our youth minister, whatever his, he is, took like it was a guy's night. He took all these, all the kids to see, um, to see a movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I guess we all agreed because it just came out, Amityville Horror. Yeah. Well, I didn't sleep for like two weeks after I saw that. I was 12 years old. And um, and so that one, you know, that that whole dynamic, uh, I don't say what you will about, you know. Whether the, it was a the, hoax or not. Exactly. I don't think but, it was. Yeah. I don't think it was at all. Yeah. So um, that one, The Exorcist 2 is another yeah. one. Just that still, just still carries the weight. I mean, well, it's still great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Amityville Horror freaked me out. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the the Exorcist always bothers me because um, when you're when you're a child growing up in the Catholic Church, you're believing that God is benevolent and He would never let anything happen to you. Um, so, also you 
we're told, you know, that there's hell and that's where Satan resides and he takes all of the demonic people and evil people down there to be with him and that he has these little minions that come out and try to tempt us. And that was always uh, very scary for me. But seeing that a young girl could be possessed and taken over by by such evil, it it really did um it terrified me because I had to believe that either A, there is a God and there is a devil, there's good and there's bad, or it's all just total bullshit and it doesn't matter what I do. I really didn't know, but uh, I, I think the fear sort of kept me from doing the bad things. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe that's what it's meant to do. Maybe they're supposed to give us a, a, a moral compass to help us stay on the right path, stay on the path of the light and instead of going down that dark and dingy road and, and seeing what kind of craziness that we can get into. Sure. So, so for the record, was Carol Ann supposed to go into the light or not go into the light? Oh, poltergeist. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. good. I don't know. Was she supposed They're to go into here. the light? <laughs> They're here. That, if she you go back to the, into the original Twilight Zone, you could mm. see where a lot of that was taken from. There's an episode just like Poltergeist Geist. I think it's with the girl in the walls or something like that. It, it's it's just like it's where Spielberg was inspired to do a lot of what they ended up doing in Poltergeist. And then some of that was based on a real story. Yeah. Um, there's a book Did you, I don't know if you ever read it called The Black Hope Haunting. And it's, so there's an old slave cemetery that was completely disregarded in a hamlet in, in outside of Houston, Texas. And they built that hamlet with vulgar disregard to uh, a slave cemetery. They didn't care. They just knocked stuff over and built everything over it. So slowly, people that moved in started experiencing things. They were seeing apparitions, having bad dreams, um, angry ghosts, you know, because these people in life were horribly treated. And then all of a sudden, their only final resting place was completely disregarded once again by industry and money. And um, so they started to get revenge. And there were people that were dropping dead you know, um, and and just people that innocently didn't even know, you know, they were one woman, 30 years old, she was visiting her mother there, who lived there, her mother was saying, I am seeing things, I'm hearing things at night. And then the woman started digging, they found a corpse. And so they were trying to honor the corpse. And they found wedding rings, and they found all this stuff, old stuff, you know, and they wanted in to the, say, in the I'm backyard sorry, or? yes, in the backyard, okay. like in their rose garden. And um, it didn't matter her, her daughter, and this is a true story her daughter died right there of a heart attack and while they were digging and she found more bodies so yeah look up the black hope haunting wow i always a, worry about picking up something that's haunted i I, yeah. I was always interested in going to um like antique shows or um the oddities and curiosities uh expo have you been to that i want to i know it's there's one up ahead in tampa that's yeah right so yeah. they i mean i've i've been to the one here in in kentucky but i've heard that the one in atlanta is phenomenal and and i'm sure that regionally it's it's bigger in some areas but one of the things that I really have have enjoyed was the idea of buying something that might be haunted. Let's find out, you know, some see if something happens. My daughters are always like, oh, what if it's haunted? What if it's, you know, it has an attachment, right? Okay, I hate that monkey. <laughs> I hate that damn monkey. <laughs> hate he's, it. He's oh. haunted. Trust me on this. 
So do not the, spank the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them but alone. Yeah, but yeah, so that's that's one thing that I've always been very cautious of is it's mm-hmm. is touching something and and being able to sort of feel whether there's there's a um, a negativity to it. Um, and I think that's also linked to the conjuring with Ed and Lorraine Warren. You know, we we're mm-hmm. we we're being bombarded with the whole anthology over the past, you know, 10 years and and I have to say, I love that series all the way through the nun and everything associated with Annabelle and and all of these different stories. Yeah, it's 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 definitely um, chill inspiring, but it's not so gory that that the kids can't watch it. Um, They might have a few sleepless nights, but (laughs) that's better. I mean, look, the original, believe it or not, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is the scariest one, doesn't Mm -hmm. have an ounce of gore in it. If you remember, there's nothing. It's all in the mind. I mean, there's literally guys leaning in and making face, you know, staring at a girl and she's screaming at the end. And that's what was truly terrifying about it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's done off camera in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In these sequels, they did a lot of other stuff. But in that very original one, there wasn't any on screen gore. Mm-hmm. Nothing that you so can. So it's all psychological, you know, just. Or suggestive. Yeah. Suggestive, like there is a girl yeah. hung on a hook, a meat hook. Mm-hmm. But it's the way she reacts as if it's really in her spine, you know, as soon as it gets her when he hangs her on that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that movie's terrifying. And, and the I don't, you know, the way it came together, I think, was consistent. So there must have been a vision behind it. Mm-hmm. But I do believe it was what affected everybody and the environment that they made it in. And not every movie's made that way. But Jaws had difficulties on set. Many of them. Uh, Return of the Living Dead had difficulties on set. I think uh, an American difficulties or curse. Well, they say Poltergeist was cursed because yeah. they used real corpses, skeletons for the for the, for the yeah. I mean, yeah. essentially whoa, the dead whoa. bodies. Yeah, are you yes. serious? I didn't yeah. know that because yes. they were cheaper to purchase. They bought them for medical supply, and they were cheaper to purchase than the plastic skeletons. So they bought mm-hmm. real ones and used them. I Same with Texas no Chainsaw. Idea. Grandma at the end is a real corpse. Yeah. Grandma, the, <laughs> grandma, grandma, it's a wrong. Dang, I, you know that that's, but maybe that has to do with the, the curse that was uh, was associated with the the filmmakers. And, yeah, and, it could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Bringing a dead body and mm-hmm. you know, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Think, and uh, and manipulating the body, not just like letting exactly. it rest. It's right. it, it's all the manipulation sure. and soaking it in the mud and digging it out and you know manipulating the body and just being so disrespectful to it. Yeah, I mean, in that pool scene at the end of, and by the way, I don't know if a lot of people know, Poltergeist was directed by the same guy who directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby oh, Hooper. Okay. You look at directed oh, no, by 100%. Yeah, it's wow. produced by Spielberg, and yeah. Spielberg was the second unit director. He was very hands-on, but Toby mm. directed that movie. Wow. So same guy. So he used corpses in both both movies, by the way. That was that his choice, I'm crazy. sure. Yeah. How many people died after the making of both of those movies? Like, fairly few. I think the first one, well, somebody oh, died like, on Right after. Yeah, one died on set. The the, the older sister in the movie, mm-hmm. she was strangled in front of her in uh, poultry, by a jealous right? boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Or strangled and stabbed in front of her apartment uh, by a jealous boyfriend. She started to obviously get some fame because of the movie and he freaked and she probably broke up with him and he came and stalked her and killed her. Yeah. And then yeah. Carol Ann, I, I can't remember the name of her character, but she died at like 12 years old, didn't she? Yeah, she yeah. died uh, during the making of part three. So if you yeah. watch that movie at the end, it's not her, the girl they're holding. Yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they, they tried to, f- you know, finish the film. She died maybe three quarters of the way into filming. Yeah. And then um, uh, quite a few people died, mm-hmm. you know. But again, that could just be old age after a while. And they say it's the poltergeist curse. Um, my question is, does a curse work if you don't believe in it? Mm, that's fair. fair. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's a good question. So in the movie, The Skeleton Key with... Um, Oh, God. Of course, I can't remember a damn name right now. Mm. Anyway, the the skeleton key. um, There was an idea that you have to believe in the curse for it to actually take form and um, the person can be then overtaken and possessed. Um, If you didn't believe in it, then it would never be able to, to possess you. So do you feel that there's a psychological um, process with with a curse? I mean, I guess we're going to go into a little bit of witchcraft and, and the occult with this. But do you feel that there is power over someone else if they if they start to believe what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, I think you can help if you really believe. Let's say there's somebody that, you know, that claims to have a certain power and witchcraft, voodoo, whatever. And now, you know, they're putting a curse on you. I think that subconscious plant wondering whether or not that's real, whether or not it could truly affect you could in turn affect you. You could be worried. You can have anxiety. You can have nightmares. Like if words on the street, let's say somebody has it out for you. And this is somebody notoriously that, you know, everyone tells you, Hey, that person's into some serious dark magic. They can put a curse on you. I think if you believe it, it's you that's working against yourself and may perhaps Mm. that's the process. And it must be much, you know, it must be um, much more complicated than we're explaining right now because Mm -hmm. there could I mean, we're getting into like existence and how things move and how energies move. But I, I believe your belief in a curse can truly enhance the effects for sure. Yes. So we're talking it. about manifestation. Yeah. Of- yeah. Yeah. You're helping. You're, right. you're the, the, the idea is planted in your mind. And I think that's the whole, I mean, that's why it was used for intimidation in Haiti, right? Voodoo is used yeah. as, a, oh, we just put a death curse on you. And they're, you oh, know, they're, shit. You're yeah, done now. So now people are really believing it, you <laughs> mm-hmm. know? And um, the energy, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Serpent in the Rainbow, which is a true story mm-hmm. uh, made into a movie by Wes Craven in the 80s, uh, was about that very thing. And it was also about a, a pharmaceutical company wanted, a drug that originated in the Haitian voodoo, right? And they um, sent this guy, Wade Davis, out to find it. And so he really did get immersed in that culture and found out that the actual drug, and I think it was like tetrodotoxin or something, it would reduce your vitals to the point where they could barely be detected. If, if it wasn't, you know, if they didn't know you had this drug in your system, they would determine you as dead. And so as a measure of control, the Haitian, you know, uh, overlords, the drug lords, the, the gangsters that were out there at the time would use this. They would use voodoo to intimidate everybody and then say, hey, well, we got this guy. They put the drug in his system, bury him, and then use him as like a mind-controlled zombie. That's, you know, the Haitian zombies. It was all done with that drug. And, and it uh, did. It did. Yeah 
create just sort of like an empty shelled person though afterwards. Sure, sure. Because they right. were also believed that this magic was very real. And I suppose it is real, isn't it? You know, it can be very real. You you might be a catalyst in the whole thing. If you're a strong person, I'm sure you can fight it. But if you even have the least amount of superstition, I'm sure you're also, uh, you know, I, I mean, would it affect you? I think it might affect me if some voodoo lord was like, I'm putting a death curse on you. And then all of a sudden, let's say coincidentally, something happens. Now you're like, uh oh, you know, because things because happen of that. every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was I, because I, of the curse, I, and then I, they start associating associating every negative thing with the original curse. Correct. Yeah. All right, got sure. some more to throw at you. The Omen. <laughs> good one. Love it. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good one. That's still, yeah. I'll still watch that. Flipping there channels. was a remake of that as well. There was, was two versions. Um, mm-hmm. So the original was um, fantastic. The second one, I felt like um, it was <sighs> overdone. Yeah. I mean, it was good, but I, I felt like it was done so well the first time. I'm yeah. not so sure. I, I, that's What did you think about it, Christopher? Well, I mean, I saw those as a kid, so I wanted to see the sequel. So I mm-hmm. wasn't really... I, I, I think maybe I registered that obviously the first one was the better one, mm-hmm. but... I didn't care when I was a kid. I just wanted to see another chapter in the story. And as mm-hmm. I got older and, and studied cinema, uh, you know, I agree with you 100%. The original Omen was the best one. Mm-hmm. And But if you wanted to see more of the story, because it went all the way up to when Damien got into politics, I think, like in yes. the third one, right? Mm-hmm. So he was going to become president even. Right. And um, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be the son of Satan, no? Mm-hmm. In a way. He was the devil's child. And Rosemary's Baby is one of my all-time yeah, favorite just horror in show, yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That's a really good one. I'm uh, not even sure if I actually saw that one. I know that that was one of the ones that my mom said just totally turned her off from horror when she was young. It was just too much. Rosemary's Baby. But that's, Rosemary's but Baby. That's done very classy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's dark and it's such mm-hmm. a good movie. So there's no gore in it. There's nothing that's no. really – it's – it's it's psychological, and I think another sure. thing is very suggestive. Do you mm-hmm. believe in curses? Do you believe in people who believe that they are uh, harboring the birth of Satan's child through somebody? You know, like mm-hmm. this is it's about belief, it's about perspective, and I think it's such a fantastic movie. You should definitely watch it. I think you'd mm-hmm. love it. It's not going to get it won't give you nightmares in the sense like the entity will. You know, mm. that's very direct that movie and brutal. What about uh. Nightmare on Elm Street. Great movie. I love that original film. <laughs> now, see that. Okay. The first one, though, was scary. And here's the thing Wes Craven was reading headlines for a lot of different things. One of them, well, headlines, he was reading history for The Hills Have Eyes, but I believe The Hills Have Eyes type people exist. Um, they're out there. And, but so he would read it again and he read about, I think the people were either in the Philippines or Vietnam and there were people. F- telling relatives, I am scared. I'm seeing this specter in my dreams and I feel like I'm going to die. And they were like, it's just a dream. Don't worry about it. And then these men would die. And so Craven had read that article and then he decided to write A Nightmare on Elm Street. And so it was based on some fact. And I guess these guys were having extreme sleep paralysis. Maybe they were being visited by demons in their dream. Um, But there's something about the original Nightmare on Elm Street, at least parts of it that are pretty scary. And I, you know, maybe it's nostalgia, but, you know, if you go further into it, they they get a little silly, of course, you know, because they needed to get, they wanted to keep up the money, but... Along with the Friday the 13th. The first four are fantastic for what they are. Solid. 
very yeah. solid. They're creepy too at times. Kevin, can you pull up that um, the message from Ufi just now? Can you pull that up there? So speculate when AI takes over, will it utilize human beliefs in the supernatural to control or influence them? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah. She, she doesn't know how to ask a bad question. No. Let's see. See. Okay. So I, I've obviously I've thought about this quite a bit. You know, our consciousness is going to change. AI is already making terrifying little horror films. I wish I could pull one up right now, obviously assisted by humans right now, but the, some of the most terrifying horror films in their short form right now were made by AI that I've seen in years. Wow. Things okay. that really creep me out and I know it's being forged by a computer that is even more terrifying. I mean, these are the this is the stuff of true nightmares. And if anything, it might be inspiring a horror filmmaker to be like, wow, I can go there. Well, that's a good like, point. Yeah. Whoa. Like these things are I mean bizarro creepy beyond creepy and if that is how ai thinks where do you think it comes from there's a book written by a guy named david aldrich called framing the dark and he was i guess a harvard professor and he his quest was is there a formula to what we fear in horror films right mm -hmm. and i was like this egghead's not going to figure it out but he did i read the the book is great it's fantastic and um he explains so maybe the ai is thinking like he did on a very intellectual level let's analyze what human beings are afraid of let's juxtapose that with uh, some of the greatest un unanimously agreed upon horror films ever made and then it assesses and says what are these things afraid of these humans all right i'm going to show them their nightmares and so these ai how can i explain one of them Oh, wow. Okay. See, and this is assisted by a human. So this human sees the imagery and he starts, or maybe he got it from AI also, whatever the voiceover is. One suggested, here's just one of them, suggested that there was this secret cult of well-dressed, uh, well-paid humans that all went into this weird room where they would absorb each other and there were things coming out of them and things like eating they were absorbing and eating each other and these demons were in, intertwined it's some of the creepiest stuff that i've seen and it's something that if you were to have it's like hell hell it's like hell it's like if hell was manifest that's what ai is doing it it understands what we're afraid of and i can only it, it can only see that increasing exponentially so whatever ai decides to make next it knows what we're afraid of it's like it's like a pennywise you know, in Stephen King's book was an alien that was psychic and understood what all these humans were afraid of and and, and got some kind of, uh, it was fed by the fear partially. Right. So it was like, right. oh no, they're, they're better to eat while they're afraid. Right. And um, so it's it like would- like the adrenochrome yeah. that Hollywood yeah, so, elites. I mean, so AI might <laughs> eventually, in combination with taking us over and destroying us, might truly know what our fears are, might control us with our fears, might put us, once we go into the matrix, might control us with nightmare situations, might make us con convince us that we're truly in hell. I don't know. It's as far as your imagination can go. I mean, it's listening to us right now. It's saying, maybe he's right. Let's look into this. You know, oh, know. shit. Now you're giving it ideas. <laughs> What's going to happen well, we later? Are. We're giving it ideas. All this, all the mid journey and all the AI programs right now is millions of people giving AI ideas and it's helping it. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I, I'll give you an example of something that happened recently. My daughters decided to use this AI program to write a story and they filled out just a few things. And the story that it popped out 
just so happened to be a hardcore pornography story. <laughs> and I was really shocked because I'm like, where the hell did this come from? Literally, yeah. it came from, I don't know if it was ChatGPT or whatever it was, but it was something like that. And I'm like, okay, got something else I need to start blocking. <laughs> There's like, you know, I mean, the kids are being exposed to so much. It's going to get worse. Luckily, they didn't see it. I saw it first and I was like, holy shit. But well, I have to world. ask, I have to ask, what were they doing that would have came up with the don't porn know. conclusion? Don't keywords know. or it none of the keywords were even like that. It was like a boy and a girl are going on a date and they go to this place. That was it. So right. beyond that, and they were they were thinking that they were gonna go and go to a movie, blah blah blah. It was it was completely innocent. So obviously these programs are out there, and I know that there's really crappy people on this planet that are taking advantage of it. But if they if there is some form of AI that is taking everything that we fear and hate in order to control us and manipulate us and manipulate what we do, what we buy, where we go, when we do those things, that's terrifying in itself. I mean, that's there's so many horror movies that are already beginning to latch on to that sense that it's terrifying. It's going to get worse. It's going to yeah, get a lot worse because if, I agree. if you can imagine from the perspective of a very nefarious mind, consciousness, and what what would you do to terrify, to pit people against each other, to uh, horrify people, to appall people? It's all capable now with AI. All you mm -hmm. have to do is describe it. Some of these programs like Midjourney have a regulator on it. They don't want, there's no pornography allowed, no gore allowed. You know, you can trick it into doing some things. But outside of that, I haven't used any of it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't use it to write. I'm trying to improve as a writer every time right. I write. I don't want to use anything to write th something for me. But here's the issue. Someone can go into AI and write anything, any appalling thing that has happened on this earth, like Let's pick one of the most horrible things, a child murder, and they can illustrate that. And not only can they illustrate that as some kind of still, very realistic photograph, but they can illustrate that now as a movie. Mm. And, and the AI will do it. And all they have to do is figure out how to do it. And it's going to happen. And they're mm. going to make those things. And soon you won't be able to differentiate whether Between it's real reality or, like, or wow, what is this what right. is going on here and there are people that want you to have those react just regular humans not even government people are going to be like ha 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 i'm going to make i'm going to freak them out and just do the worst but and just some really sick people too are going to do stuff like that all i got to do is turn on the news and then i'm freaked out completely it's, and terrified it's going to get so. worse i don't mean to be the voice of doom but it's mm -hmm. you know we don't live in a planet full of responsible people yeah very yeah. much the opposite. So Yolanda says, speaking of Stephen King, Cat's Eye, which I loved as yes. a kid. Yeah, there you go. Pet there Cemetery. Oh, love And Silver Bullet. So much. Yeah. All three of those are fantastic. Yes. And the little goblin in Cat's Eye is actually a real thing that a lot of people have experienced. They call it the Harlequin. It's based on yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. People have seen that in their, you know, kids mostly have seen that in their room and he would come in and out of the wall and disappear. I've, I've talked to th three people that have experienced the Harlequin so far. I was one of them. Yeah. Do you, so See, uh, Christopher, every horror movie we've talked about, you've, you've given us the, the, the real, you know, well, that's real. what I do on my, my show. <laughs> that's what I do with my documentaries. I, I, 
I love, we live in the twilight zone officially a hundred percent. I'm with all of the social political comments that Serling made, all of the monsters, the aliens and the weird stuff is all possible and and has happened. Right. Right. So, you know, we can celebrate that, but it's also pretty scary too. And um, my thing is that fine line between fiction and reality, we literally, we live in it and it's called the twilight zone. That's where we live. (laughs) Okay. So another comment from earlier was Mm -hmm. about the veil thinning for Halloween. Yes. Kevin, what do you mean? Do you know what that is? No, no. What? So the veil between reality, our waking everyday world, and the supernatural Mm. world. Do you have any thoughts on that, Kevin? Well, Chris, go ahead. No, I've been talking too much. No, uh, you're you're our guest, brother. Okay. The veil being thin on that particular night, and again, Mm. you know, I uh, when I. My, I did my show Strange World for Travel Channel and Discovery in 2019. The, the final episode, and you can see all eight of them if you go to YouTube, type in Strange World and then my last name, Garitano, and you can find all eight episodes. But the episode Demon Time is about the veil thinning every night at the witching hour. Mm-hmm. So Halloween essentially is the apex of that. It's the strongest example of the veil thinning. And there are people who take it very seriously. Um, traditionalists also, but all, you know, and, and people who want to have fun, they'll break out a Ouija board that night, unfortunately, or they'll try to call on spirits or try to manifest during that time. Others fear it and others uh, work magic on that night whether it be light or dark magic, uh, they feel that is the perfect time for it. Because if that veil is thin, then that energy is melding with us. There are people that really take this seriously. And um, that this is the time where you can consult with spirits that other things are coming through as well. Uh, Halloween, you know, was always something to these people and will always be, you know, even for us to have fun and other people to take it very seriously. So that goes way back in the tradition, um, thousands of years. I truly believe that was the time of year that it was at its most thin and that this is when the ghosts and other things come through. I mean, it's the simplest explanation for it. See, and then you got these party poopers like Yolanda. Don't put a welcome <laughs> sign on the, on your door or a welcome mat. You're welcoming anything is, is not good i wonder if a welcome mat would allow a vampire to come through your your door <laughs> you're inviting him in yeah <laughs> speaking of nice segue <laughs> i cannot not talk horror flicks without a good vampire slash dracula nosferatu the original or, salem's lot salem's oh i watched that the, david soul uh, also directed the, by toby hooper who directed poltergeist and texas chainsaw massacre i yeah. did not know that yeah yeah, he directed Salem's Lot. That's a good one. There's some moments in there that it, it, overall it's a long movie and it's not perfect, but there are some horror moments in there that are perfect. Um, well, see, I love that that yeah. vampire, that look. Yeah. To me, yeah. that's that's scary. The uh, the Nosferatu type. You don't want him to be attractive? Yeah. <laughs> Lost Boys. Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. I mean, that's I the coolest that vamp- vampire flick ever. I bet you're looking, Garretton. I'm a guarantee. You you grow some things. You you might have the whole vampire take the whole vampire game to another another level. I could. CG. I might be one. You never know. <laughs> I was so turned off by the Lost Boys, the the real really? head vampire. Oh, it oh, always the, so, the, the father. It always, yeah, it always turned me off. I was like, God, why do they have to get that old dude? Of course, I was like twelve <laughs> years old. I'm like, that guy's ugly. He's not a real vampire. <laughs> it's still a great movie. 
<laughs> you know, I oh, wanted him to be the sexy. You, you wanted to be the guy with the darkness. saxophone uh, dancing on the stage. No. <laughs> what the hell? I still believe no. or whatever. Yeah, I still is. believe. <laughs> Here's a good one. This is uh, this was on my list, too. Oh, so, uh, crow. And that's the so it's crow that they amazing. celebrate Devil's Night in that, which is right they, now. Yes, that's yeah. what yes. my notes. You're you're stealing my thunder. Devil's Night. <laughs> uh, so it is right in that Halloween time frame. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know the backstory with the crow, obviously, with Brandon Lee, how mm-hmm. he le- legitimately died during the shooting of yeah. filming of this. And, and even further No pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, Jay Obar, who wrote the graphic novel, I met him a while back. And he, he that's based on a real, real loss. He wrote the crow because his girlfriend was, I think, killed by a drunk driver mm-hmm. who smacked into her and, and she died. And so he put all that anger and that loss into the crow. And then it goes forward. And Brandon Lee, who was a brilliant actor, he would have, I, I feel like he would have been like in the Matrix or something mm-hmm. if he had survived. You know, he would have been the lead of that movie. He, he was um, destined to be a yeah. blockbuster yeah. star. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, on the set, somebody didn't clear the gun out after the gun that was meant to kill him or shoot him in a scene. Um, And there was a fragment lodged inside of it. So when they put another blank in, that fragment acted as a bullet, shot out and killed him, went into his chest. and Didn't act like a bullet. It acted like a projectile. A projectile. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Projectile Uh, enough to kill Brandon Lee. Brandon Yeah. Here's a question. Tiff, Amy AI says that, the welcome mat wouldn't do it for a vampire. <laughs> well, that's good. I wouldn't put a welcome mat out anyway. I don't like people anymore. <laughs> so staying with the whole vampire Except you guys. Thing. Yeah. What is, uh, stay with me, humor me. Because to me, a vampire movie is is a go-to for me. What my favorite of, of all favorite? time. My Go favorite of all time is Francis Coppola's Bram Stoker, Stoker's Dragon. 92, Gary Oldman. Right? Yeah, with Gary yeah, Oldman. Yeah, that's that's Fucking that's amazing. my favorite, that's and then amazing. we can get into everything from the Lost Boys to Salem's Lot to um, go, uh, you know, Dracula, Dracula. Uh, Vampire, uh, Dracula's right. Lovers, and uh, <laughs> I think the, I like Dracula Untold because Fright it, Night. Fright. Oh gosh, Fright Night was I love good too. the original yeah. Fright Night, not the yeah, remake. The original yeah. with uh, yeah. Roddy um, Roddy McDowell. Yeah. McDowell. Yeah, that was uh, in Chris uh, Sarandon. Sarandon. Yeah. Sarandon. Now, believe it or not, Chris Sarandon. Even though Danny Elfman sang all the parts of Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas, Chris Sarandon was the voice when he was talking. Oh, That's interesting. True. Yeah, that is true. Right. Fright Night, another great one. Um, that one sort of freaked me out when I was young also. I couldn't stand the the screaming little nerdy vampire. Oh, God, he freaked me out. His, the sc- just what, Eddie? Yeah. Evil Ed. Yeah. Evil Ed. Yeah. He he just he bugged me because he reminded me of every little goober who's ever been a bully and just he was just a turd, you know. And 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 that's the idea. Now give him power to be this grotesque. Exactly. They gave him the power. Ravenous vampire. Even worse than he was before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, Yolanda, if you're going to be funny, at least do it right. Kevin's favorite vampire movie is Buddy, the Vampire Slayer. I think you mean Buffy, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, actually. I don't watch Buffy. It's too... No, I don't. <laughs> what, you don't like 12-year-old girls running around nailing people with... <laughs> I like I like my girls a little older nailing people to this, this legally really good, for in, in recent years a really good vampire movie um was Let the Right One In 
which it was remade in the U.S. as Let Me In. I like that one. That's really good. Oh, what is that? What's that one about? I think you'd like it. It's this little girl. She's, I guess, around 12, 13. She's a vampire, and she meets this boy in this apartment complex. And oh, yeah. he's oh. getting bullied, and she ends up killing some of the bullies. Yes. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good movie. When did, when, when, when did that one come out? Was that like 2015 or something? The, yeah, the American remake came out then. It was really good, too. Yeah. And then the original came out only a few years before that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that one. There's a lot of really good ones. Mm-hmm. There was another one um, that someone brought up. Um, Who's dinging? It's what was that? apparently I have important. Are you being turkey in the oven? There's a turkey in the oven. <laughs> apparently, I'm supposed to be making dessert or something right now. I don't know. You are the dessert. Brent's calling for you. If that's too much. <laughs> Dang, stay, in, stay in process here. I'm trying. Give me 30 more minutes. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's uh, there one. Was, there was a good one up there. What was it? The oh. movie with Roddy Piper. I think you're talking they about live? They Live. Oh, I don't know they if live. I saw that. Yeah, oh, you have he, to see that. He sees with those glasses. He sees yeah. the... It's about what's, right. what might be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So aliens covertly have taken over the world and we don't know it. And they basically rule us. They're the higher class, the upper class. They only give people certain privileges. And Roddy Piper's this guy who's just looking for a job on a construction site. He gets it. He meets um, Keith David. And then then they end up coming across these glasses that if you put them on, you can see through the the veil that's been put over our eyes. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, before Roddy Piper died, he said, this is a documentary. This is really happening. So it's similar to seeing uh, like like on a thermal imagery, what you would see it at night. It predates the matrix. It's it, the matrix predates, is like right? the living matrix. We're, gotcha. we're being, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people believe that they live is se- telling the truth, essentially. Mm. You're boring, my dog. Oh, no, come on. No. <laughs> All right, we're going to break out. Okay, how about a good one? How about a face? Hold on. All his good toys. Lord. Yeah. Don't know if you can see it. What is that? Oh, oh, oh. Are you going to talk about that now? If if you want me to. Go for it. Go for well, it. Well, just really quick. I had mentioned about what happened on the set during the making of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I wrote this. And currently it is being. For those of you who can't yeah. see it, it is South Texas Blues. South Texas Blues. And um, this is a, based on the true story of what happened behind the scenes of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And um, right now it's it's in development to be a limited series uh, for a pretty big network, but you can get the book at uh, Amazon, and I think it's in a lot of regular bookstore retailers. It's going to be in some libraries and some other bookstores, but if you're interested in reading that story, and um, I, I wrote it as a dramatization, so it's not a like a making-of book, even though everything was well-researched, and I talked to so many people involved and wrote it as a very solid story about Toby mm-hmm. Hooper making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <sighs> You got all the good toys. Someone's asking to see some of, some more of your dolls. What do we got here? What do you have? We got this is all the stuff in this is my office that we're in right now, but yeah. We got, you know, or there's Frankenstein. He's just doing this thing. And then uh other stuff on my desk. What do we got? Oops. The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. That is a good one. a nice one, Nice. Too. Yeah. Yes. Christopher, do you have any Bigfoot? I do. Hold on. This is a Bigfoot skeleton. 
Nice. Yeah. Have you gotten it um, DNA tested yet? No, it's too small. <laughs> DNA. Yeah. Look, he's just. He's is it walk- a fetus or? It's, I mean, it's, it's, Patty. it's pretty small. Patterson, look, look, see. Okay. It's the Patterson nice. idiot. Yeah, I like how her her neck is leaning forward, not yeah. straight up. Yeah, right. cool. Okay. Very cool. What's this mean? Marie is asking. Does that make him a playboy? I'm missing the. I'm missing something too. Give me a little. She also says she has a sectional, so I'm not sure if she's wanting a Playboy shoot on her sectional. Well, you know, (laughs) the adult part of the show will air a little later. Look, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) This is Sherlock Holmes. Nice. Very cool. Oh, look at the smoke. Oh, with the smoke too. That's awesome. This is me when I'm 60. Gotcha. You'll never be 60, right? (laughs) Are you a pipe smoker? Yeah, I've cut back. We don't. We don't. I haven't smoked in eight months, and I only um, puffed on it for a little while. Not not for too much in my life. You, you got a fan asking, how do we get autographed copies? Um. So right now, it can only be ordered from uh, Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com. I guess I'll make autographed copies available soon. I just want to do a nice configuration, and what I'm going to do is that in 2012. Uh, this was adapted into a comic strip. The first version, you know, I wrote many versions of this. So, uh, for Fangoria magazine, and it was published in every issue in Fangoria throughout 2012 as a comic strip. And then eventually, you know, when the com- when the big company that I'm talking to wants, you know, <coughs> desired to make it into a limited series, I wanted to put it out for people to read as I wrote it. And um, what I'm going to do is, speaking of the comic, there is one issue that was produced. So as signed copies go, I'll make a package available and it'll be the book and I'll throw in a copy of the comic all signed and and I'll make that available on the website at southtexasblues.com. Just have to figure it out. Uh, but uh, right now it's available on uh, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and stuff. Like that. Show of hands, how many people want an autographed copy? Yeah, <laughs> Kevin. Promise, promise <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll do that. So another movie that that I always really enjoyed, and this is. I really liked I Am Legend. I think that it was uh, very uniquely done. Um, The idea of of this, these these people who died from some cancer vaccination um, or were changed was was very scary over the past few years when it came down to what's been going on in our waking lives when it comes to you know, COVID and different word, things, yeah. the yeah. C word. I'm sorry. No, but, but yeah, you know, the greatest books ever written was I am legend. So that's yeah. what that latest, the one with Will Smith was based on, mm-hmm. but there were many versions of it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. The old black and white movie was the first adaptation. Then there was the Omega Man with Charlton Heston. And even Night of the Living Dead was kind of a, a based on it a little bit. And then the one with Will Smith. But um, the book is so amazing. And it was written by Richard Matheson, who was the second best writer of all those great Twilight Zone episodes mm. with Rod Serling. So Matheson wrote I Am Legend, and it's amazing. He also wrote What Dreams May Come was another Love thing. That. Yeah, Somewhere in Time. You know, he wrote mm-hmm. so many incredible movies. Mm-hmm. They're all ter- this ter- oh. terrifying to me still, though. Sure. I, I got a couple more uh, vampire 
movies to throw at you. One of my all-time favorite interview with the vampire. I met Anne Rice a while back, and she throw that in our face. Such a sweet woman. I have mine signed by her. I have, yeah, she was awesome. Have you seen the uh, series that's been on TV? No, how was it? I haven't, yeah, um, I haven't you know, we started watching it the other night, and it is overly sexualized, and mm. the uh, you can tell that the woke agenda is very strong. It, it Anne Rice always had a little bit of uh, gay tendencies, lesbian tendencies, homosexual tendencies, That's but fair. it wasn't the it wasn't the forefront of it. It was always sort of subtle and. Um, and this one, I mean, I was going to watch it with my daughters and then there's two naked dudes going at it. So I yeah. don't care for that part because I did want to share something with my kids that would, you know, try to get them to start reading some of the old classics that I grew up with. And um, that was a little disappointing. And I didn't get the fir- through the first episode. So the can, movie. Can you, can you define going at it? <laughs> Do I have to, or do you want me to? I can draw it for you, Kevin. Really? <laughs> I think. Um, but I just think it yeah, was a little bit overboard, and of course, that's it, going on yeah, it's it's with the times, unfortunately. I know, I know, but it was so much better when, like, I, I mean, because I like everything from the original interview with a vampire to Rocky mm-hmm. Horror Picture Show. But right. the thing is, just celebrating it as it is. It was very yeah. pure, and it's not yeah. trying to shove. It, it's better if things are in the subtext, or even just as they are. And it was subtle and sexy, but there was nothing, you know, it was to browbeat the audience with something just because no, I think a lot of these movies are going to fall by the wayside that Mm -hmm. are being made just with that agenda behind it. Because I'm fine with however you make your film, Mm -hmm. but it's just do it. Just be honest with it. Don't do it because you're trying to signal something. Just do it because this is, you have a passion for the story and that's the story you're telling. Right. Yeah, um, I agree 100%. Tiffany, probably one of your favorites, the whole Twilight series. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, we, are uh, you that's saying? A joke. What do you it's mean? It's a joke. It's you a think joke. I, need, I don't need sparkly vampires with no fangs. Give me the fangs <laughs> and give me the darkness. <laughs> See, I like the way you think, girl. I, I, I do. I don't have a problem with, with the the more animalistic version of a vampire. I like it. Um, Here's a cool well, vampire. You got your neck. Where? All covered up, Tiffany. If you want to d- take the give the vampire a reason, I well, I, I, that you know, I also ate garlic tonight, so you know, so John Landis, a night. <laughs> John Landis, who directed American Werewolf in London, eventually wanted to follow up his hit with a vampire movie, and it kind of stayed low key, but it's still a lot of fun. It's not what as good it? as it's called Innocent Blood. And remember, it's this female vampire. It's oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that. these gangsters mm-hmm. end up getting bit and turned into vampires. So now these gangsters, these Italian gangsters in New York City, want to like take over, and they're all vampires. It's a, it's a fun movie. You should check it out. It's not what, as good. One more as, time. What's it called? It's called Innocent Blood. Blood. Okay. Eighties. Yeah. Have you seen it, Kevin? Yeah. I have seen it. Oh. It's it is a female. Is yeah. The, the lead. Yeah. And it's gory. Like it's you know it has notes of American Werewolf in London, but it's not That's as good. good. It's good though. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about about um, uh, the whole like Final Destination, Scream, you know those. 
those I always associate those with kind of a younger, yeah. kind of a, almost a teeny bopper feel. But um, I mean, but, as Scream goes, the first one was fun. It was meant to be a parody, and the original name of it, believe it or not, was Scary Movie, which eventually they did make a parody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with the Wayan Brothers. Is that yep, what they? Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, but, okay. And the but guy scream. with his little hand and the mashed potatoes was always my favorite scene ever. And I still play that. Like, I still act like that when I divvy out mashed potatoes to people. <laughs> Put your hand in it? Here you go. So Thanksgiving, we can always count You can count come on. over, Kevin, and I will, I will do my mashed potato hands for you. Deal. <laughs> yeah, but those are fun. Uh, the, not, you know, the scream, the first one was awesome. You know, it is what it is. It was, it was fun. It had a few comedic comedic spots, but um, when it comes down to the Final Destination films, which the first one was fantastic, I loved it, and then everyone is just sort of gets even wonkier as they go, and we've sure. had to watch them over the past two weeks. So you know, I have daughters who are young teenagers, and they're like going through all of the old ones that you know were from my youth, and um, I, there's a few of them that were something I would watch again. But um, I still typically like the first movie, and that's it. Don't typically the time, like sequels. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think what are what are some of the best horror sequels? There's a few really good remakes. The Thing was one. Mm-hmm. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers was another, and The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. That was a good one too. Yeah, I haven't really seen that one since it came yeah. out. That was fantastic. I need to see that. Mm-hmm. And even the Night of of the Living Dead remake was good, and it was kind of made by the same company. Mm-hmm. That was pretty decent. Um, what about From Dusk Till Dawn? That was fun. Do you remember that? Of course, With George Clooney. Yeah, no, who was? Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a fun one. You get get boobs, blood, (laughs) fangs. And priorities, Tiffany. I like how you arrange those in at the very, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, if they don't bounce around, it's not going to be entertaining. At the very end of From Dusk Till Dawn, you remember, so George Clooney, they finally escape. George Clooney and Juliette Lewis escape, and Cheech Marin is outside. Uh And he's like, What were they, psychos? And he's like, Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't care how crazy they are. (laughs) That's a great line. Um, That's the truth, though. I go outside. Every day in the yeah. sun. <laughs> I'd love it if psychos exploded when sunlight hits them. It would be fantastic. Well, it would be entertaining. Well, not I mean you. I mean the oh, psychos okay. do bad things to people and stalk them. Yeah, that doesn't work yeah. though. It doesn't really happen. No. They still come out. They need to explode. They do need you know, to explode. I, you know, like on AMC that uh, the cable channel, you know, they, they will do their Halloween themed movies. And one of the ones that they showed, I'm trying to remember some of the late recent ones, Candyman, Christopher. Oh, great, great movie. The first one. Five times. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Five times. Candyman. Love that movie. Tony Todd is fantastic. I almost had Tony Todd narrate the dark files and uh, really? I had, we had him on board. We had his agent and then some jerk off and I'll say it right now at history channel said, we don't want a horror guy to narrate the show. Oh, I'm like, I oh, what I if I got Jack what? Nicholson to do it? You know? Yeah, he was a great actor. Tony Todd is a great actor. Yeah, and, uh, yeah mm-hmm. no, he was going to narrate the Dark Files. We had him ready to go. He, he wanted to do it. Didn't matter Damn. what he was getting paid. Yeah. I'd still like to work with him on a, one project I have in mind. And I may maybe you maybe you still yeah. can if you've already spoken to him before. He, no, I, he, I will. I, I'll probably hire him to do narration for this particular project and we'll get it done early even before I actually make it. Okay. You know, like yeah. I have it as long as it's written, you know, and I stick to that. I'll have it. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Mm. I have a new documentary coming out and called the Haunting, Haunting We Will Go. Oh. Let's, oh. We're at 918. We're about 10 minutes away. Let's oh, okay. let's concentrate on you, Christopher. Right. What do you got? What do you have? Well, first of all, before you do it, you know, one of the things that I know you for mm-hmm. is the Montauk Chronicles. Yeah. Th- that was, you know, that's something I could still watch. I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, it's funny. Like More people are seeing it now than ever. They were, I think there were... Because I have it in a, st- a distribution and streaming, and there was like half a million people that saw it in the last month and a half. That's pretty cool. Like, so there's more people checking it out now than ever. And so, what do you think made the difference? Because I remember at one point when uh, Kevin and I had tried to get you on the show, and it fell through back in 2017. Mm-hmm. It was because it's of our budget. once again because we couldn't afford the budget, him. We couldn't afford him, right? <laughs> so um, back then, you were talking about how people were trying to um, pirate your show and and like selling it on different right. platforms and you weren't getting any kind of recognition for it at that point or no kickback which right. is I mean part of your deal it's it's your income this is your film this is your baby this is also something that is it's your career so how did you go from that to getting getting it onto all these other platforms so that people can watch it for free. And so that the audience could actually become such, such large numbers like you. Sure. So, okay. So in its very initial run, I sold thousands of copies on Blu-ray and, and downloads and DVD. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was on coast to coast and Jimmy church and, you know, had, had some press from Huffington post earlier to that. And, uh, uh, New York post did a thing on it. And so it was getting attention and networks were already contacting. Mm-hmm. And, um, at that time, all of a sudden I started, it started showing up on pirating sites that summer. And I was like, Oh man, and it started to slow things down. But I don't think being that things are so available and come out so quickly now, and they're reasonable and they're part of a lot of these services that I think there are much less people downloading and pirating movies than there were during that time. That was like mm-hmm. a, a moment where people were just doing it so much excessively. And now things are quickly available to people and they right. like the availability is yeah. different. If you can rent it for right. $5, there's no purpose in in hijacking it right. and getting a, a crappy of, copy. You want to, right. you want to right. get it in the, the best form. Right. So through my streaming distribution to the streaming service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I make money off of all of those, mm-hmm. even even YouTube free with ads, any anywhere where it's free, I'm I'm making something off mm-hmm. of that. That's part of the distribution. It's done with ads, Good. and so if you go to Tubi, which believe it or not, and I know these other networks don't want you to know this, but I know this, and a lot of other people in the know understand that more people are watching Tubi than anything else, and because it's free, and yeah. because they have such a huge library that and and the movies are uncut, so people don't mind. And the, if you want to watch horror films, it has one of the best collections. That I've seen more so than Shutter, which is the horror network. Yeah. Tubi has more. Tubi has more than Netflix. You just have to sit through some commercial breaks, but the movies aren't cut. They're uncut. So they're uncut films uh, that you just have to take a break. Big deal, you know, and you get to watch them for free. It's really a cool stream. It's one of the best ones, definitely. And if you're as old as we are, you just go to the potty and come right back. That's what I'm saying. Take a break. (laughs) 
What's the big deal? And you know, yeah. at our age, our bladder controls exactly <laughs> dictates our. I just <laughs> went to the movie theater to see Killers of the Flower Moon, and what an amazing movie! But three and a half hours. I'm like, you know, a long time ago, like let's say when Scarface came out, there was an intermission. You would step True. out, stretch That's out your legs, point. walk around. True. Yeah. Yeah. They need to bring it back. They need to bring the, especially with movies of that size, bring the intermission back. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Well, all right, Kevin. What, what, Kevin, ahead, have you have you you were you were I was talking over you because you know I get so excited and I haven't been on here with you in forever. So that you just can't hide it. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, what. What was your go-to um, with your kids? A good family horror movie. <laughs> it's funny. There's a story back when, during my married days, my youngest was th- two or three years old, and it was Thanksgiving. We go to the f- a family Thanksgiving, and you know, Jacqueline, my youngest, is dressed up. She's looking up her ass. She's just looking beautiful, and, and she still is today. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so she, <laughs> the family was asking her uh Jacqueline you look great what have you been doing today uh, and she was like well uh, me and my daddy was watching a movie um and I really enjoyed it and what was the what was the movie Jack <laughs> Hellboy <laughs> straight face Hellboy Hellboy and, and, and the family all looked at me like why evil <laughs> Hellboy <laughs> uh, family movie <sighs> My kids. He was a good demon. For, for, yeah, yeah he was. was fantastic. For better or for worse, my kids, I didn't put a lot of restrictions on them. You know, when they were, they can recite Predator. They can recite Blair Witch Project. You know, all these movies that, you know, probably as a parent, no, you should not let your kid. They just kind of watched them. And, <laughs> um, and they didn't, it's not like they woke up in the middle of the night with, Bad dreams, or uh, they all slept with me and my ex, so that probably helped. Yeah, we're, I mean, part, part the Red Sea, but uh, no, yeah, it wasn't hocus pocus. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they 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 liked the hocus pocus, not so much for me, but yeah, there was there was movie, you know, X X Files is uh, you know we we're talking movies, but flicks, you know, a, a good scary show to watch it was back in the day was the X Files. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I'm, I'm depending on you, who you ask, uh, I'm either I, I should, probably should have been more sensitive with the kids when it came to to, to movies and stuff. But I don't think they would they, they won't they don't regret it. My I ex, maybe so much. But my kids yeah. are obsessed with horror. So exactly. yeah, I, I can't so, I mean, yeah. I, I, it wasn't even but it wasn't even intentional early. I mean, it did wasn't you, in- no, it, it was right. not intentional. Same. It's That's something it. that they graduated. They right. they gravitated yeah. towards that as well. The supernatural, the paranormal, right. the mysterious, the psychological thrillers. And, and there's maybe it's in our blood. Maybe we are like like we've talked about before, how some people are just more sensitive to that spiritual realm. Maybe my kids are just a little bit more in tune with it and can process the the negativity out and and just take it for what it is and and get the thrill sure what is Uthi talking about love the way kevin is scratching his left palm with fingers on his right hand am i doing i didn't realize i was doing that but <laughs> is that like supposed to mean something or it maybe it just means i got a niche maybe somebody's <laughs> and i'm using about the hand <laughs> that i can't scratch my left hand with my left finger i can't I <laughs> 
Well, you can, what can can you not do? To- um, I can tell you what I'm really not good at. I'm really not good at running anymore. We'll just put it that way. I'm not running unless somebody's chasing me with a knife. So well, <laughs> it is. Uh, you still we still got about 24 hours of horror and Halloween. You never know. Uh, and no, and I- you're in the, your backyard into the the forest that it is. There's voices. There's a lot to run from. If you go Thanks. deep enough in your backwoods. Too. Thanks. Yeah. Don't remind me about the magic tree and the, the hauntings back there. The little ghostly girls giggling. Does Christopher know that story? I'm not. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've we've talked about that before. Yeah, but I want to get I want to get you back to do a follow up on that. Yeah, absolutely. We've heard some uh very weird howls. And I'm, I mean, we have tons of coyotes. I will mm-hmm. say that we have tons of coyotes. Suddenly I have a bear pooping on my driveway. That's a little nice. creepy. Um, but the, it's the giggling and the, the little whisperings and the, the voices in the woods that are a little creepy that are, I would like to investigate it further, but um, I, I sort of don't, want to know you know sometimes it's better to leave things alone um i don't i don't know if i need that much drama right now trying to get away from drama guys yeah i'm all for it yeah (laughs) oofy says the hand scratching it can mean good luck money mysterious power protection or other oh can i add what that other might be sure vampires vampires (laughs) for real (laughs) scratching in the box okay all right uh, oh gosh, it could be a Bigfoot out in their woods. Yes, there could be Bigfoot. Could be. All right, we're rounding third and heading for home with the show. Uh, Christopher, what else do you have going on? I do want to talk about my new series, and there are a series of docu specials. And the first one is going to be released in a few months. Uh, but you can watch a preview and a scene from it right now if you go to a haunting. We will go.com. So if you go over there, you can watch the official preview trailer and a scene from my new show. And I took it upon myself. You know, I had a few offers since Strange World, and I decided to make a few of these independently because I wanted control over that. I didn't want to fake anything. I didn't want any false cliffhangers, as you see in all of these things. So I promise it's going to be the most unique ghost show you'll ever see. Uh, and there's so much more to it. I, I cut a little teaser of it, and that doesn't even even show the half of it or what this is really about with your permission do you, sure. can i play it of course okay let me let me do this all right let's see if we can pull this off oops i guess i need to turn yeah. the audio up hey no there's volume so it's not on right now yeah you're missing the there's no sound let me redo that okay i gotta work. share you you all can talk amongst yourselves well hello <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Share audio too. There's some really a fantastic perspectives on ghost stories, Halloween, and horror films. All the things we were discussing tonight. That's the this documentary is the epitome of that. Okay, let's try this again. Okay. Where am I? Uh, is this it? Right you can now? hit the yeah. yeah that'll there. take you right to it as well. Come or on, double, Kevin. Double click it. Is the audio not playing? No, you might have to <laughs> click it again. I don't even see it uh, on the it's screen. It's not playing now. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Okay. Keep talking. I don't I don't know. I don't think the trailer was playing on the last attempt because I didn't see it unless it's showing somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I don't see it either. Come on. We can do this. We can do it. 
good. All right. I think we got this. Ready? Yep. Aim. Fire. There we go. Halloween, that one night of the year where little ghosts and goblins roam the streets, eat enough candy for major dental work, and tell ghost stories into the witching hour. But is it true that the veil between the living and the dead on this night is thin enough to break? You've experienced what people call a haunting in this house. Yes. And there are spirits in this house. You're convinced of that. My daughter's sneakers started moving really fast. And she came tearing down that front staircase and looked at me and said, Mama, don't ever make me go anywhere in this house by myself again. And out the corner of my eye, just felt, just felt as if someone was here and looked and saw something in the mirror. What I'm sharing with you are facts. This is what happened. This is what I saw. This is what I heard. This is how I tried to qualify it. And that qualification didn't add up. I just felt like I needed to keep telling him, I'm, I'm sorry that it's happened to you this way. And it's almost like the things that I was feeling were what he would have been feeling in that moment as well. I can only speak from my experiences. And I truly believe that I have communicated with deceased people. You can experience multidimensional reality. So in, in places like this, I believe we're accessing different levels of those realities. Well, what do you think? Like, do you think these ghosts are aware that it's the future and that people are in their home? There's a reason they're here. Maybe it's an artifact, something that belonged to them while they were alive. Maybe it'll be interesting, you know, to definitively know. And then even if I do see a ghost, was that really a ghost? How would I know? We invite the spirits of this place to join us tonight. But if that veil breaks on Halloween night, be careful who you invite to the party. All the forces of darkness are Families are living in a haunted location and they're experiencing some uh, very negative type things like they're being scratched in their sleep. They wake up with bruises. Some of them report they're being choked in their sleep. And of course, you know, anything that scares you can also turn you deep. You shouldn't go around scaring people like that. I have to. Tonight is Halloween. Do you want to party? It's party time. Do you want to party? It's party time. Do you want to party? See, now you're just showing off. Uh-huh. Come on, man. I see you got uh, our our bud Dave Spinks in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love Dave. We- Is he going to tear down his house? Do we know this for sure? Oh, yeah. The, the one in Indiana? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. 
Did you hear about that, Christopher? No, I, okay. I just talked to him the other day, though. We were, um, you know, I'm in the late stages of post where I'm solidifying a haunting we will go. So mm -hmm. I, I see it as some time to, because I am the main guy on this, you know, producing it. I want to fit in a few extra interviews at this time. I'd love to, you know, talk to a few more people. And Dave's coming back to do more with me. You know, it's just a weekend shoot and stuff like that. But I want to get a few extras because it's it's awesome. It's the best thing I've ever made so far. And um, it's kicking off the new series. Now, I shot two of them. Another one is called Monsters Among Us. It's an about the you know the savagery and the fear of killer gators and crocs eating people in suburbia in florida places that have gators and crocs so, another reason i don't yeah, want to go on the water completely oh a completely different story and it's 85 percent made mm -hmm. already and then my third one is the phantom killer and it's about that masked killer many years ago who uh evaded capture in the texas arkansas border and was killing oh, yeah. people on lover's lane so that's the first three in the new series those actually sound amazing i i don't think that i would do anything around a gator except for hope somebody can have a very very fast golf cart so i can get away from it <laughs> this one's creepy i talked to a lot of good people i talked to hunters i talked to mm -hmm. victims uh families of victims that died um I spoke to uh, a conservationist, biologist, a lot of good people. Do you have any gators around you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like in the the so I moved, but the canal I was living on. You're in Florida, right? I, yeah, or I would see a gator in my backyard. I mean, it was literally swimming by my house, and um, so that's that's the reality of it. You could be walking your dog and literally be eaten by this prehistoric beast, which is so fascinating to me because I grew up in New York and I grew up with the urban legend of people buying baby gators in Chinatown, and as they were getting too big, they would flush them down the toilet, and allegedly. This urban legend says that they existed inside the sewer systems because it's warm and humid. I didn't think that was an urban legend. I thought that actually happened because we used to buy happen. baby. We used to buy yeah. alligators in Florida and take mm -hmm. them home on spring break because that was the cool thing to do. Right. What do you do with them? Who the hell knows? Nobody expects whoa, to whoa, be able whoa, to help. It's true. But gators. There's truth to that. Spring. Yeah. We we almost bought an alligator. I I wanted a they were so cute. They were this big. They go, wait, 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 wait. Well, who wouldn't want one? Yeah, <laughs> wait, they would sell them for well, now that you do their 40 bucks. Imitate their sound. I'm gonna go get one right they now. They go, mm, 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 mm. That's all they do. They're just so they cute. And they chirps, their yeah. little, they Until they get chirps. big. And then they're like, well, and they want to eat the hand snakes, of the person that feeds them. Like, they're hungry, yeah. Yeah. You know, pythons, boa, you know, whatever. They get to a certain point and the the story, they flush them down the yeah. toilet yeah. And, then the, and then they come back up and bite you when you're least expecting it. <laughs> I grasp <laughs> It's yeah. like sewer rats coming up through the water and biting you. Oh. I always had that fear, too. <laughs> sewer rats. I'm so scared of water. Can you imagine why? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like every single one of these. I, I wanted it to be something that I, I pitched 30 episodes of Strange World. They were all my ideas. We did eight of them for that first season. And now I'm just continuing to make the episodes I really wanted to make the way I wanted to make them without any interference in, our, in the late stages where the network saying we can do what we want with this. And I'm making them of the same quality, you know, but in my opinion, they're better episodes because I have final cut and I get to 
take out all the crap that's in most of these ghost shows on right. TV, which they're just lying to you. They're not, you know, obviously hauntings are real and this phenomenon is real, but the same repetitive, you know, couple of douchebags going in a house. Uh, oh my God, I'm scared. What was that? What was this? And it's just like enough. I'll Venmo you five dollars if you name going all those on for too I'll long. Name, I'll Venmo you five dollars if you name all those douchebags. No, I, I won't. It's just a general dynamic of douchebag, you know. <laughs> a general dynamic. Listen, I was on these networks, and again, they they their mantra was, you know, the audience is stupid. That's right. So what I is this? Ron is asking, who's the family that used to feed the Crocs and Gators? Was it the Bloody Benders or was it the, uh, oh, another Toby Hooper movie, Eaten Alive. It was about a guy who ran a hotel that was feeding people to Crocs and Gators. Do it, yeah. I need to add a hashtag, Toby, uh, what's his last name? Hooper. Hooper. I yeah. got to add the hashtag because we if we said his name yeah. once, we've said it 10 times. He, he's haunting yeah. us right now. Yeah, he's haunting. <laughs> All right. Uh, 940. We are um, past the uh, supposedly hard stop, but it's been so much fun uh, doing this tonight. Tiffany, um, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's what's the uh, look at her eyes? Line up. What's the uh, what? What is the Universal Secrets? Uh, what's plan? the secret? What is the secret to the to Universal Secrets? You got a secret to? Spill? I I would love to start Universal Secrets 3.0. As soon as possible. That's it's great. just a matter of getting uh, my co-host on board and and getting some content. God damn content. Oh. We have access to everybody. I mean, look, Chris, I got to tell you, man, you're you're I'm listening to your your voice. This is a I'm being a straight shooter here. Your voice is like amazing that the oh, voiceover me? for that. Um, you know, what we were watching. You just, oh, you, your voice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to hear more of it, listen to the Off to the Witch podcast, but I do it every week. Well, I was going to say, Pillow Talk, can you like call me later? <laughs> it is a soft sounding voice. <laughs> yeah. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't call you. Just listen to my <laughs> Okay. That was a buzz kill. Um, so, Tiffany, uh, I, I would say 2024 is pretty realistic. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I think so, it is. And, it's, and I'm, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of people who are ready for us to uh, to bring it back. And um, but tonight, uh, late night screams again. This is something that I'm doing with my bud Ryan Edwards. Uh, it, it's this show is Tiffany, and you're gonna you you will be a part of it because I will continue doing this. This will kind of be uh, there'll be some kind of crossover with mm -hmm. secrets when, when you know we get that going. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one is really more topics driven. Mm -hmm. We we figure out our topic and then we just insert a guest if we, you know, if we need a guest. I mean, mm -hmm. it could be we might not need a guest. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, it's always kind of cool to have, you know, CG, you know, within a, you know, because <laughs> this guy could just talk any and everything paranormal. He, he you. Ow. Chris, where you are. I mean, he's he's a really a expensive. He's an expensive <laughs> guest, though. I mean, well, he, he would be expensive to me. I don't so know. Expensive. I mean, he's, he's yeah. so expensive. I'm free. He's so <laughs> expensive. I don't know. There's there's so many expensive guests these days that. Oh. But even more importantly, he's such a damn guy. That's. Oh, that's I me. appreciate that. No, you, and I appreciate you letting me come on and talk about all this good stuff. I love this stuff. It's tis the season, brother. Yeah. Uh, so Tiffany, uh, I'll let you give us final 
you know, word for the night. You you had the audience in the palm of your hand. They were all happy to see you. Uh, well, yeah. I think that's just because I've been gone for a while. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good to see all of the 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 happy faces of the paranormal world who who like to stick in with us and hang for the evening. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate being invited back on. Um, you know, Look at it, Ron already. Trying to promote him, we get two nights it, a week. Again. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. love that. I mean, it, it, you know, the past two years have been an absolute disaster and shit show. So, of course, I want I was, to put all that behind me and start yeah. something that get back into it, something that we love and something that we have a passion for and to share this information and conversation. Sometimes we get just drop these nuggets of delight that are just like mm. so shocking. I know I miss those days. I miss those those conversations. So I'm glad See, that, you know, we're here to be years. able to do this. It, it has, has been, been two years. years. November yeah. of 2021 was really yeah. our last yeah. secret show. Yeah. All right. I've given you your two year break. <laughs> Thank you. Another one. <laughs> yeah, it's, Another it's time one. to come back. Time to come back. And mm-hmm. you know what? When we do shows, I mean, I'm sorry, like Christopher, there's so many shows that we can do that you could just, if you're available. Yeah. And if anytime. our budget allows, I don't know. If our budget, yeah. I know. Break out your trust fund, Tiff. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to. It. I'm gonna have to. What a yeah. Queen uh, Colleen, did you hear that? It's coming. Yeah. Uh, I'm just Queen Colleen. <laughs> um, I, I've been posting your link tree, but what, what's what's your go to as far as people connecting with you? I uh, just find me on Instagram or uh, Facebook, and you know and that's available at the link tree, and yeah. just say hello. And I'm I'm starting a Patreon for my weekly podcast soon, okay. so I'm just I'm gonna make it fun. I'm really going to put a lot of behind the scenes stuff of because the 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 new series of documentaries is called off to the witch presents so it's basically the the documentary version of the podcast i cover the same stuff um you know i'm going to do a lot of behind the scenes set report things fun stuff i want to make it uh exciting and i'll start expanding this whole thing and um i love being independent of uh people that are trying to stifle creativity or progress or there's no way i've been offered like these silly little ghost show type things and i'm sorry i don't care how much the paycheck is i won't do it i have no interest whatsoever so i'd much rather do what you just saw a preview of, and trust me, it's much more elaborate than what I just showed you, you know, the actual documentary. And it's mm-hmm. fun too, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not here to bore you, but I don't, I won't lie to you. And I'm not going to sit here and do stupid things, repetitive things that everybody else is doing. I have no interest. Yeah. Well, you're an artist. A very talented yeah. one and an oh, even better you. person. Um, yeah. So Christopher, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Tiffany, thanks so much for, you know, being my, you're, you're, you're my go-to. And as soon as we get secrets back, you know, that's going to make me put a smile on my face all the time. Um, well, you know, I can't stop smiling. I mean, I've been, I'm like so excited to be here tonight with you guys. So yes, well, it's a natural, right. this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, you know, we've been 2016, I think you and I first connected yeah. and started doing stuff and yeah. it just, it felt right. And yeah. you've been like my little sister ever since yeah. my twisted sister I know. <laughs> amen amen all right thanks so much to the earth audience in youtube uh hanging with this night great questions comments they are 
entertaining themselves in the chat. <laughs> Christopher, uh, you're the man. Uh, hey, thank again, you. everyone check out uh, his link tree. Uh, is it in the description? Follow him. Give his give some time to his work. It, it's it's truly good. Uh, Tiffany, thank you so uh, much. Until the next time. Until the next time. This Y'all enjoy been, your Halloween. Uh, Halloween. Uh, late night screams saying uh, good night. Happy Halloween. We'll be back next Monday. Peace out. Later. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Late Night Screams. Remember to like, subscribe, and rate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We are also on Twitter at Night Screams Pod. You can also connect with the podcast by email at late night screams pod at gmail.com or by phone at 567-429-1626. Leave us a story and maybe we'll put it on the air. See you next time.